the brand new Star Wars show that we were treated to this week, Visions. Like, it's literally just all in one go. You can sit and just binge it. That's quite nice, actually, these days. Don't get that very often. Oh, John, how dare you? <laughs> oh, boy, that's my boy Toby right there. I just, I could not get on board with that. Umbrella lightsaber thing as well. I mean, I know people joke <laughs> yeah, about no, it. It's so trailer drop, but it's just, like, <laughs> epic. Hello there, and welcome to episode 25 of Live from Vader's Castle. I'm your host, Dan McRae, and I'm joined by my co-host, John Lee. Hello, John. Hello there. Wow, episode 25. 25. I know, shining. <laughs> Class, You're reaching the big leagues. How, how have we made it to 25? Unbelievable. Wow, it's just, it's just, there's a never-ending amount of great Star Wars to talk about, it seems. Yeah, exactly. We started this back in... April, I think it was April, and it's September, and we're still going. Yet to miss a week, twenty-five yeah. episodes in a row, almost half a year. Oh, half a year next week. Class. What a moment! What a moment! Hey, eh? what a celebration! <laughs> Huge. It was nearly half a year. That's a thought. Jeez. Yeah. God. Impressive. So, if you're part of the uh, part of the the OGs who started listening to this podcast before the first 25, you're one of the real ones. Let us know if you're a real one. <laughs> yeah, one of the real ones. You can be first in line and when we go international on our tours. <laughs> exactly. If we're, at, if we're at episode 150, you know, and we've got some big multi-million deal with Spotify, just remember that you will be one of the real ones. You were there <laughs> in the you, first you 25. <laughs> yeah, you were here watching... Watching the great, listening to this greatness from day one. Exactly. How are you, John? Keeping well? Yeah. Uh, I've had a very busy week. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's been good. I mean, I've spent the beginning of the week watching Lord of the Rings, which is, you know, up there with sort of Star Wars is one of the best trilogies of all time. So that was fun. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I've had a slightly less busy week than normal, but I kind of kind of needed it probably. Um, I haven't I haven't watched any Lord of the Rings, sadly, but I have watched some Star Wars. So um, actually just less than 10 minutes ago, I just finished watching Rise of Skywalker. Um, I think that's probably like the fourth, fifth time I've seen it now. Um, and it's, it's settled like, a, like I, don't, I don't know what the, the um, metaphor I'm, I'm, I'm looking for here, but, you know, it's settled... First time I watched it, I didn't like it. I've gotten to the point where it's it's a mess, but it's a mess that I like. Much like Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, it's just a messy film that I really enjoy. So it's uh, it's nice to have that that positive feeling back again. Oh, nice! I, to say, I still haven't gone back and watched watched that film since it came out in the cinema. I don't think. Um, so I probably will have to go and do that at some time, at some yeah. point, and then not so distant future it's dumb like it is dumb and I completely understand people's criticisms of it but I also think it's just really entertaining and there's some there's some good stuff in there that I uh, I, I actually connect connect with so all in all you know what I quite like it two years ago I wouldn't think I'd be saying that but here I am saying that I like the rise of Skywalker so all is well <laughs> <laughs> oh nice sounds like a good Star Wars filled week for you. Yeah, as always. I also watched The Last Jedi as well. Basically, whenever I, 
you know, whenever I have a free house, I take the living room over and watch Star Wars films. It's just always been my tradition. So the last time I had a free house, I, I watched the original trilogy. And then this time I was like, oh, I'll whack on a couple of the sequels. Why not? So, you know, next time it will be the prequels to be chucked on. So good tradition to maintain. Yeah, nice. That's, 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 that's quite a nice tradition, to be fair. And I also <laughs> had the TV to myself to watch Visions, the brand new Star Wars show that we were treated to this week. Yeah. I mean, it's nice nice that we've had a, a show drop. Like, it's literally just all in one go. You can sit and just binge it. That's quite nice, actually, these days. Don't get that very often. Yeah, it's something that, that Star Wars hasn't done. It's always been the, the weekly sort of episodic releases. Um, but I think Visions would have suffered massively if they did that. I think this dropping everything at once was the right move. And yeah, I particularly enjoyed it. I sort of watched, I think it's like two and a half hours total. I think it's all of them. I probably watched them all over about five hours. So I sort of just like watched one or two, took a bit of a break, did a bit of work, did, you know, a few bits and bobs, then came back, watched another couple. So I sort of spaced out quite nicely, um, which was a good way to do it. I, I, I enjoyed the experience. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I watched, I think I binged most of them um, last night and then I watched the last two today after work. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think I agree with you. If they'd come out week by week and I think when, when things come out week by week, it's a lot easier to compare and, you know, find the, you know, you've got a week to like sit on what you liked and didn't like. And then when the new one comes out, your, your expectations are wherever the last week was. Um, so I think, yeah, it was good that they just released them all and you could kind of just, there's enough in, they're all like very different stories as well. So it's, it's you can just pick one that you really like because, you know, that each story is completely different to the one told beforehand. The only similarity is, you know, it's set within the basic rules of Star Wars, although it's not canon, but, you know, the theme of Star Wars is there, but they are very, do, they are very completely different stories for each one, which I think suits it well being released in one binge worthy yeah. session. I think the the week on week thing really sets up, as you were saying, a lot of expectation. It's like you wait a whole week. So you'll, you want this episode to be like mind blowing. And I think Bad Batch suffered from that a little bit, not really from us. We were pr- pretty positive week on week out, but you know, some people, you know, not, not wrongly sort of want something really big to happen because they've waited a week and it's a little bit of a slower episode. And then there's sort of complaints. And I think this would have suffered massively because it's so each episode is so different. I've seen so many different people on social media who have different episodes that they loved and different episodes that they hated. And I reckon even me and you are probably going to have different episodes we loved and hated. So I think a week on week release you would have had so many people who would have waited a whole week for a new episode of Visions and they would have hated it and they would have been like, oh man, the show sucks. So I think Disney did the right thing of like releasing it all at once. It's an anthology of like a lot of variety. So you just watch it sort of in a binge and you see all these different sort of styles of animation, styles of storytelling. And then some of them you don't like, some of them you do like, but that's sort of the whole point, I think, of a, of a show like this. So I think it was a a good experiment for Disney and for Lucasfilm. And I think definitely one that's paid off. Um, I mean, I'm already looking forward to there hopefully being a season two of them sort of doing a similar thing again of, you know, getting some anime studios to make short 20 minute Star Wars stories and having a nice variety. And I'm sure if season two does happen, there'll be some that I like and there'll be some that I don't like, but that's fine because that's sort of the, 
the idea of the whole thing. Are you you sort of on the same page? Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I really, I, I really enjoyed watching them all in one go. To be fair, and um, just having something different but yet so familiar, I think was was really nice watching this. Um, the, I mean, each individual story was very different from the Star Wars stories we've got. I think, and then obviously adding in the um, like Japanese themed storytelling that we had, I think was was really refreshing, and that <clears throat> that kept it kept it fresh on each episode. Even though you know each episode was completely different, and as you said, that would have led I think to a lot of criticisms. Um, I think especially in the order it, it was put on Disney Plus. I'm trying to think off off the top of my head. I think like number one, number two. I think with like some of the furthest away from each other or something. There's definitely an order where one's like completely different from the other. So I think if yeah. they come out like week after oh, the yeah. one previous, that would have been like, you one know, people and, have been like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. One and two are so different. And I think what a two's split people quite a lot. I'm in the camp of someone who loves the second one, Tatooine Rhapsody, but I know there's a lot of people who don't like Tatooine Rhapsody and that's, that's fine. It's a taste thing, but I can imagine if like the duel came out first, everyone would be like, damn, this show's cool. And then they wait a whole week and then Tatooine Rhapsody comes out. You would have half, half the fan base would be like, yeah, that was dope. Can't wait for next week. The other half would be like, damn, this vision's trash, which, you know, I, I think there's definitely like, there's definitely episodes in there that if they came out first or second, that I would have been like, mm, I'm not so sure about this show because there were certainly one or two that I wasn't really a fan of. Um, so yeah, the, because of, as you were saying, because of the variety and stories between them, I think this worked as a, a nice big serving. <laughs> there was times when I was watching it to be fair. And um, I was like, Oh, I'm not quite a lot of the episodes. I was like, Oh, I'm not really. Like I'm not really resonating with this, or like it's not. I'm not feeling it. And then I really had to just sit and remind myself: is like, oh, actually, this is like a completely different form of storytelling that I'm used to, because obviously it's all like very Japanese and like that sort of themes, and those those themes resonate, and that's form of storytelling resonates throughout these episodes, uh, obviously massively. Um, so I think after a few episodes, once I actually got more into like the rhythm of being like, oh, okay, this is how they tell their stories, and this is, you know, the themes they want to focus on, which are like completely different to how, you know, American Star Wars or American TV tells its stories and stuff. I, I did find myself enjoying them, enjoying them a bit more. Um, and I was saying to you uh, last night, you know, I, I one of the things I found about the dialogue and things as well was that the English just doesn't seem to be doesn't flow like a normal conversation like you'd find just like a normal american tv show but then obviously i realized that's because it's probably was originally written and has the original dialogue in japanese i'm assuming like i haven't yeah. actually gone and looked yeah the, um, the original recordings in japanese and then so that it's animated to japanese speaking instead of english so hmm. like character movements gestures cutting in between characters is done to the japanese timings not to the english timings which is why a lot of the time with anime and then like foreign films people recommend watching original language subtitles over dubbing because of like timing and stuff i did watch this with the english dub which i i've watched well i've watched one anime show in the past and i watched that in japanese with english subtitles the entire way from start to finish um and that I felt was the better experience, but I kind of wanted to watch this one in English first. I'm going to go rewatch it in Japanese, 
but A, because they actually got some really good voice talent for the English dubbing, including like Tamara Morrison, who came back as Boba Fett. Um, but also because there was so much visually that I was looking forward to like seeing. I didn't really want to be distracted by subtitles. I kind of just wanted to take it all in visually and then sort of go back and sort of appreciate the, the sort of Japanese. So I am going to rewatch it in Japanese, but yeah, I agree with you. I did notice <laughs> some of those sort of mistimings, which is just because like a sentence is quicker in Japanese than it is in English or, or vice versa. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of points where like, just like, yeah, like the beats of a sentence just didn't quite, there was just it, like, the sentence ended and then the next one started too quickly, obviously, which is just obviously how it fits in with like their style of speaking. And, you know, they, you know, you got to fit in the, the English dub over the Japanese dub, otherwise uh, over the Japanese dialogue, otherwise it just doesn't work at all. So, you know, there's no room for like pausing and adding in a couple of frames here and there to fit your, fit your dialogue. Cause that would just make it look silly. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah. yeah, I definitely want to go back and rewatch them all in, in you know the 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 proper Japanese uh, dialogue and yeah. to see how much more I can get out of it, I think that'll be really interesting. Well, I think from what I've heard and from what I've sort of seen from sort of dubbing, this is actually quite a good example of dubbing in comparison to sort of like I've watched Attack on Titan and apparently the English Attack on Titan dub is terrible and it's just not not worth even watching or listening to and apparently like from some people who watch a lot of anime a lot of foreign films like, this is actually quite a good dub even though you know there's mismatches of timing and that sort of thing apparently in comparison to a lot of other english dubs this is actually quite a good one not sure if not sure if that's 100 percent true but that's sort of what what i've heard on the grapevine yeah i mean it's very subtle it's like i think there is actually a term for it i know it works for like it's the term for like deep fakes and things. I think it's called like the uncanny valley. And I think it's probably along, it might have a different name because it's words and stuff, but it's along the same lines of like, it's so similar to what you're used to, but then change it ever so slightly, which is why you can notice it. You notice it like almost like subconsciously, which I think, and then once you actually realize it, it you can't get rid of it. Yeah. But it was, it's still a really good dub. And I've watched a few, you know, um, I've seen clips and things on YouTube or Facebook or whatever of, foreign films with English dubs and some of them are terrible from the ones I've seen. So. Marvel films are horrific <laughs> with uh, some of the foreign language dubs on the Marvel films are so bad. Yeah, so I'll give them credit. It's a good job. I think it's just because it's so close to being perfect and then it's slightly not, I think is where it, yeah. it's actually quite noticeable. But there were some uh, some voices that I recognised like, when I was watching it. Obviously, I recognised Tamara Morrison like, instantly um, as Boba, but then there was... Like Lucy Liu played the, the Sith in the first one, and then there was um, Simu Liu from Shang Chi. He he voiced one of the characters in the Ninth Jedi, and David Harbour, our boy Hopper. He was he was the the master in the Elder episodes. It was it was nice sort of recognizing some actors' voices um, and saying, "Oh yeah, I know him." I think Neil Patrick Harris was in it as well. I think pretty sure he was the the male twin. I think. Um, so yeah, there was some some interesting voice talent that I sort of recognised, and I was like, "Oh, that's their first little wander into Star Wars for this for this particular person." Yeah, I mean, I think the the first one I noticed obviously was Tamara Morrison because that is just you know an iconic voice. You can't not notice that when you're watching a Boba Fett on the screen. Uh, and then yeah, uh, our boy Hopper, David Harbour. I think he was the other one I noticed. I had to go and look up the other ones to see who was playing what. David Harbour was the one I noticed straight away. Yeah. In uh, that elder episode. And I thought I thought he was really good actually in that. And that that's his first 
dipping his toe into Star Wars, I think, isn't it? Yeah. I hope he gets like a live action casting, actually. I think he's a he's a great actor. He deserves like a really good live action role, I reckon. Yeah, I think he'd do a really good job, actually. I think yeah. if he was casting something. Oh, yeah, I reckon he'd make a good Loden Great Storm. I don't know why. I've just, just, I know Loden has a French accent because he's a Twi'lek, but you know, David Harbour's a bit of a French twang. I reckon would be a good Loden Great Storm if that was ever to make it to, to live action. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he'd give it a go. Anyway, what's your, uh, before we sort of dive into what episodes we like the most and the least and that sort of thing, just with the exception of sort of some of the stuff we've already talked about, overall thoughts on visions, did you? overall experience did you did you enjoy it did you did you find it just all right did you hate it where do you sit on the on the fence here um i think there was a couple episodes i really liked well obviously we'll get into in a minute um a couple episodes that you know i wasn't really a fan of um so i think overall i'll put it down as you know i found it all right it was the, the biggest thing i took away from it was it was just very refreshing and it was just very nice to see a different take on what we're so used to um and you know you, we've seen the beauty of star wars across you know like the original trilogy the prequels the sequels clone wars bad batch you know rebels you know all of them have beautiful scenes in them via you know it's live action animation and i think these visions episodes even the ones i didn't necessarily enjoy like the storytelling or something i think all of them had just stunning visuals and I, it was really interesting to see like how they interpreted the world of Star Wars, you know, the beauty of Star Wars in their own animation style. So I think that was the biggest uh, takeaway I got from Visions was the visuals, funnily enough. Um, so that all credit to those animation studios. I think they did a fantastic job on on bringing Star Wars to the animation world. Yeah, yeah, I, I probably enjoyed it, I guess, a little bit more than you then. I think I really did enjoy the show. There's definitely some episodes that I just sort of rolled my eyes at and sort of went on to the next one. And there were some episodes that I really, really enjoyed. And then there were some that sort of had a few moments that I was like, yeah, that was really good. And then sort of the rest of the episode was a bit of a build up. Um, but I think I completely agree with you that like how refreshing and different it was was probably its biggest strength. I think obviously Star Wars does does have sort of a lot of wide variety, but it can sort of tread on sort of similar tropes and themes and aesthetics like quite often. And I don't think that's a bad thing if you have something like Visions which comes along and sort of offers the something completely different. Um, so like visually, yeah, it was really stunning animation, lots of different styles. Looking at Star Wars through a completely different lens, I thought was really, really interesting. Um, although I did find it interesting how obviously these anime studios were given sort of free reign to tell their idea of a Star Wars story, but there were a lot of like similar themes which came up, which I guess just sort of goes to show what not just, you know, if nine studios all came back with very similar themes, it just sort of goes to show that there is sort of like core stuff at the center of Star Wars, which doesn't matter what country you're on on this planet sort of does resonate. I mean, I think all these episodes had, lightsabers in it you know there wasn't a single one which didn't have a lightsaber in it and then you look at sort of shows like the mandalorian or bad batch where there's sort of much less lightsaber heavy storylines but like and it's still star wars but then in this when they were given a choice of like what did they want to tell it was a lot of jedi sort of wandering jedi um jedi in hiding 
um, you know, the, the sort of light side versus the dark sort of Sith versus Jedi. I mean, these were sort of stories that came across a lot, which isn't a criticism at all. I just find it really interesting that sort of in, in these Japanese studios, you know, Lucasfilm turned around and said, make your Star Wars story. And whilst they were all very different, they did have a lot of like key similarities. And I just think that's just credit to how Star Wars sort of resonates with so many different people. It's, you know, everyone takes something different from Star Wars, but there's these key things like laser swords, which is just at the middle of every single person's understanding of Star Wars. And I just thought that was quite a quite a unique and fun thing to to see in this in this show. Yeah, I mean, you've raised an interesting point there, actually, <clears throat> which I'm hopefully going to make another interesting point about, and if not, I might swaffle. But um, it's funny that, like, as you say, the things like the the lightsabers <clears throat> and the Sith versus the Jedi and the light versus the dark are all the themes that did resonate in the, all nine of these episodes. Um, once you said it, actually, yeah, they, they do think about it. It's interesting that these are the points probably where... Um, in the original Star Wars, George Lucas is getting is changing ideas from Japanese culture to fit into the Star Wars universe. You know, like obviously the laser swords and you know the original fight between uh, Obi Wan and Vader is very you know like much like a like an old fashioned like sword fight. And obviously the Jedi are very much like wandering samurais in certain yeah. places. And you know the 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 themes I think that make Jedi, um, you know, the robes and you know, their sort of like culture and the, the fighting and the lightsabers. I think you can definitely find reference to Japanese culture in there that George Lucas has picked from. Obviously, we all know that he's got a, he's a big fan of, you know, the, the old Western films and the old samurai films. Yeah, he's a massive like, um, Kurosawa fan, like Seven Samurai, Yojimbo, stuff like that were like big inspirations on the Jedi. Yeah, so it's interesting to see that those points resonated so deeply with George Lucas when he created Star Wars. And then obviously now going to these Japanese studios and being like, write your own Star Wars stories as, you know, wild and crazy as you want. And they've, they've picked the things that were um, inspired by their own culture. I think it's it's nice. And it shows that, you know, George Lucas did, did a good job, obviously in their eyes of adapting those sort of stories and, yeah. themes into Star Wars itself, which I think is nice. Come, It's come nicely full circle, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. George took inspiration from Japan and then sort of Japanese culture then got to sort of reinvent and be inspired by sort of Star Wars in that nice sort of full circle. Yeah, and it, it, it brings into question for me of like, are there sort of different sort of mediums and maybe cultures around the world that could be given something like visions and sort of could tell equally interesting, you know, stories. And I guess, you know, it might be something that Lucasfilm choose to do in the future. Obviously, you know, Japan and anime sort of like a massive beast of its own. So it's, it's very easy for them to like pick sort of some big anime studios and say, Oh yeah, go and make some films. But I've sort of been to film festivals where I've seen animation from sort of African countries, South American countries sort of like East far East sort of European countries as well. And like they, those sort of nations and cultures have their very own sort of unique style of animation. And is it going to be the point where we get to, you know, further down the line when they do a season of visions where it's done by, 
like African animation companies or, you know, maybe they're creators who live in America and Europe and that sort of thing, but done in sort of what's more like a traditional African style of animation, which that animation style does exist because I've seen it at a few film festivals and it's really interesting. So it's just a question really i don't know if 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 that's the route they're going to go down or if visions does sort of get re-upped for a second season whether they're just going to pick some different anime studios and sort of get them doing the same thing again but i think it's something that isn't you know whether people love every episode or not i still think if you're releasing a show like visions where they're telling so many different stories and for each work person there's just one story that like really resonates for them but it's different for a whole load of people i still think it's worthwhile and i still think it's worth their money and obviously in the streaming age like what they just need is content like constantly putting content on disney plus so people buy the subscription so i i can't see it in any in any sort of way how visions couldn't be seen as a sort of a a worthwhile thing to do sort of every year because it just definitely brings that much needed variety to both star Wars and to the sort of content that like Disney are putting on their, on their platform. So, yeah. No, I, I completely agree. I think, I think this is definitely a path or a road that Disney should explore more and give different cultures free reign to create their own stories and their style, um, you know, within star Wars. So I think, you know, just, for the average Joe in like England or America, just like sitting watching Star Wars, you know, they they have a Disney Plus subscription. They're like, oh, I wonder what I'll watch tonight. There's a new season of Visions out based, as you say, on like African uh, animation styles. You know, it just it gives it gives the world, you know, a bit more of a broader view, I suppose. You know, if you can experience someone else's, you know, culture or way of storytelling through something that you unanimously love such as star wars i think that you know it's an easy way to peer through the the keyhole into someone else's style of life or someone else's culture so i think disney would be silly i think they've they've chosen a good um a good starting place i think as you said japanese anime is a beast of its own and you know very fairly so because it they tell they tell some fantastic stories um as you mentioned earlier attack, attack on titan and stuff fantastic storytelling interesting stuff so i think disney have chosen a good starting place for this to build the hype and get it get it um get it off the drawing board but uh, yeah i really hope that in the years to come they they branch out a bit more and you know give more cultures free reign to do what they want um just to just to help you know everyone to experience different parts of the world without actually, you know, having to go there because opens the world up to others. Yeah. (laughs) It opens the world up for a cheap Disney plus subscription through star Wars as well. So what's not to love? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, I completely agree. Um, so yeah, I I did really enjoy visions. It was definitely something that I'd never experienced before. And, um, I am going to go and watch it again in Japanese at some point. And, um there's definitely some of these episodes that i will be able to just because they're you know 20 minute episodes that i will sort of stick on sort of whenever in the same way that i will always bung on a new hope or an empire strikes back or whatever there's definitely some of these episodes that i'm definitely gonna you know just if i have 20 minutes in the evening to kill i'll just chuck on the elder and i'll be like right okay this is a great episode of star wars um and i think that's that's good I think before we get into the episodes that we absolutely loved, because I think it would be good to end on a positive, should we should we start sort of discussing some of the episodes we didn't like so much? Why don't you start off, John? Is there is there any particular one or two episode that for you you just really didn't like? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I mentioned it to you last night, but the the twins that that one I just could not get on board with. Like the, I mean, as a quick side note, the animation on that is again, as I mentioned earlier, fantastic, and it it looks beautiful. So no no disrespect to the animation and stuff like that, but the the story I could just I could just not I couldn't get behind it. I think it it to me it just made made no sense. Like there was just no um, uh, justification for the actions in the episode, in, in, in my opinion. Because um, obviously, you know, the twins have a Death Star kind of powerful Star Destroyer, you know, capable of destroying planets. There's two Star Destroyers joined by a, a Kyber crystal fueled laser like the Death Star, which is cool. A cool concept. I like it. And the twins, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, one of the twins then just takes it because his sister was going to die if she used it, but then she used it anyway. And then there was like a weird thing where they, it, I thought they were like having a, um, he was like looking into the future and like describing it, what it was, but then it turned, that was like not in the future. And I just, I just didn't get it to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I think the twins was one of the ones that like I saw in the trailer and that was okay. This looks like really cool. Like there were some really cool shots in the trailer of like sort of the the female twin with the general grievous arms and all the stuff for like the really cool sort of like force lightning with the blue and the red. So it was one of the ones I was very excited for. It I wouldn't say that I disliked it as much as you did, but it definitely disappointed me in terms of what my expectations were from the trailer. I think I expected this to be one of my favourite ones, and it was probably sort of my bottom in my sort of bottom three um i think yeah the animation style was really beautiful i really loved the last shot of the male twin sat on the x-wing looking at the twin sons obviously very big callback to a new hope but i thought that was really nice and sort of there were some of the themes of sort of like the the twins sort of in being a sort of riff on luke and leia and some of that stuff i i did really like but then i felt all the action shots were already in the trailer. So what I ended up just seeing left was stuff that wasn't as cool as the stuff I had already seen in the trailer. And it just ended up being a lot of noise (laughs) and banging and explosions. (laughs) And yeah, the story was a little bit weaker than some of the other stories. So I'm not going to go as far as say that I I dislike it. I'm interested to see what I'll connect with it in sort of in Japanese sort of as it was meant to be seen but yeah I do think the twins was a weaker one although I did I did find the holdo maneuver with the lightsaber hanging out of a ship to be visually interesting literally ridiculous I can understand why none of this is canon because my god it was just when the lightsaber was like cutting the entire ship in half and then got to his sister and then just like magically only cut off the kyber crystal in her chest. I was like, while going at light speed. And I was like, this is just, this is taking it too far for me. It's very anime. Like I think, I'm, you know, from the people that I'm friends with who watch a lot more anime, there's some anime, which is like this, where it's like very, very, very over the top. Um, that's sort of the stuff I don't connect with as much. Um, I think the reason I like Attack on Titan is it is quite grounded, even though it's sort of over the top from time to time. Um, but yeah, I think 
I think it is like a very traditionally anime thing where it's just like very, very over the top and shouty. Um, and some people love that. And then some people like, for me, you know, I'll go on to the episodes that I liked a bit later, but there's some episodes where like that style of anime connected with me way more. Um, so yeah, I do think it was definitely over the top. Um, I wouldn't say insultingly bad, uh, but not one of my favourites. <laughs> yeah, I just I just didn't resonate with it. I'm sure there's people out there that watch it and be like, wow, that was like epic. And Yeah, and I think that's, on them. That's, that's what we were saying really is like, that's what's mm. great about Visions is there will be someone out there whose favourite episode is The Twins and my favourite episode might be someone else's least favourite. And I think that's just a really fun sort of aspect of it. And um, I think my least favorite episode was probably the last one, which I think was called like Akikiro or Akikira. Um, it just felt very short and not much happened. It was sort of about a, a sort of another sort of wandering Jedi character who tries to take this princess back to the palace that she's meant to be in charge of. And then she dies because he kills her accidentally. Um, which I can't remember what film that's out of <laughs> where like they accidentally killed the per- someone in disguise. I'm trying to think of what film that is. I've definitely seen it before in a film. Um, and then I mean, the dark side brings her back to life. I was a bit confused really about what happened at the end. The animation style was quite cool, but it just, it, it didn't really connect for me massively. Um, I don't know what your thoughts of that one were. Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. It's down, it's down near the bottom of my list. That little switcheroo of killing, um, killing them by mistake. It's, it's been done in Wolverine comics about four times. Um, and I'm pretty sure it was like the twist at like the end of the dark night with, I don't know. I can't remember if you've seen that with the, uh, with something. So that's, that's, that's that. And I can't remember what other films it ends, but yeah, it was a bit of a classic one. Um, but I just, yeah, again, I just didn't, I didn't get it. This, this one, I think there was too much in this episode that needed, that needed explaining or like was from previous stories that they've just kind of, or like from a previous story that I kind of just chucked in there and then didn't bother to explain like his whole thing about with his like headaches. I I didn't get what that was about. Yeah. There was definitely more going on than I think they had time to tell with that story. Yeah, I think there was meant to be some sort of romance implied between him and the princess, which they kind of gave in like not they kind of had one flashback of them talking on the like balcony, and then that was that was it. But there seemed to be a romance implied there, and I, yeah, I just I just didn't get it. Yeah, it was just I think it was just a bit meh for me. But I mean, that one was the bottom of my list, and I think my overall response to it was meh which I think in a batch of, you know, very different things. I think if, for me, I think if my least favourite is a meh, sort of a four or five out of 10, I think that's sort of still as a whole successful for a show. Um, And I think the other one, which sort of was fairly low for me, and I know this is like one that I know some people absolutely adore this episode, which is great because it clearly connects with some people, is the, The Village Bride, which was episode four. That was sort of the episode with the Jedi girl who was sort of watching the couple and the 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 woman in the couple was going to be taken away by these sort of raiders and then at the end of the village bride gets involved 
she has a sort of very quick lightsaber duel at the end as a sniper sort of doing some bits from above um and then sort of the day is saved i i thought the episode was visually really really beautiful and i think some of the sort of um sort of appreciation of nature and that sort of thing felt very sort of like connected to sort of japanese culture um and i did like sort of the brief little bits of lightsaber fighting at the end but I think it was an episode that had a, a bit too much build up for not enough payoff. Um, but then I know for a fact, because I've seen a lot of people tweeting about it. Some people adore this episode. This is their favorite, which I think is great. More power to them. Um, but this personally wasn't one that, that really resonated for me. I don't know what you, what you felt about the, the village bride. Um, I, I didn't mind it too fair. Some, I thought it was almost okay. I think, you know, as you said, it did have a lot of build up for not quite the payoff it was it, it demanded maybe um i think there were some cool episode, cool aspects to it i think the biggest disappointment for me on that episode was when the jedi took off her mask and her face wasn't like completely like like just ruined or she was like a little cut on her chin it was just normal <laughs> yeah and i was like oh I thought she was going like, to take off her mask and like it turned out she'd been like mortally wounded you like, wanted something in the past or something. Kylo Ren scar. <laughs> yeah, just, just something. But no, she had like a little paper cut on her chin and I was like, oh, right, that's... Because it was like pretty climatic takeoff. Like, it broke, didn't it? And like then it like cut to her with it off and it was like, seemed like a big reveal and it was just like, oh, she's just a <laughs> normal looking Jedi Asian woman. Yeah, I think that was yeah. I, I, I it wasn't a, it wasn't a bad episode by any means, but it just sort of I didn't connect that massively to it. Um, have you got sort of any any other episodes that sort of you were a bit meh on before we sort of move on to some of the episodes that we really liked? Uh, I I am, and I feel like I haven't looked at Twitter today really or yesterday to be honest. Um, but I feel like this is probably one I think a lot of people have a special place in their heart for, and I just didn't like it either i didn't resonate with it and it was the uh toby one with the robot boy just, oh john how dare you that's my boy that's my boy toby right there i just i could not get on board with that i just one i thought it was, the plot was just like unbelievably obvious uh which is fair enough i mean that's a lot of stories are to be fair probably you can probably make an argument about a lot of uh tv shows and things i like so that's fair enough uh but i just found him quite irritating <laughs> um and <laughs> i i was just like oh why does this robot want to be a jedi like why has no one explained to him that he can't be a jedi if you're a robot because he does john because the force is with him <laughs> and he's the real chosen one screw and it was toby all along <laughs> And then my final point was this episode is right at the end. He has a big climactic battle and his buddy droid, they like combine forces and like he gets like a cool bit of armor and it, he looks pretty cool. And then as soon as the fight's over, it just like goes. And I was like, oh, like you could use that more often, surely. Like, why don't you like combine forces all the time? Like, is this like the Power Rangers? We like morph. He becomes Mega Man, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. So it's like you could go around and do so much good as like a badass robot, and you've just given up. Yeah, that's interesting. So I'd say that 
you know, for anyone listening, I feel like me and John typically have quite similar taste on things. But I think this goes to show sort of how unique Visions in is, is and how I think variety is so important. Is TOB1 was sort of one of the episodes I really, really resonated with. I thought it was funny. I thought it was like really charming. I thought it was like for a short film, I wouldn't watch more than 15 minutes of that. Like it, it, it was a perfect sort of short film. It didn't need to be a feature or a TV show or anything. But I just thought for what it did, it told a really nice story of like someone wanting to become a Jedi and having to learn the lessons and then losing the master. And then it had sort of the cool moment where he became all overpowered and he put his, his suit on and I was like fist bump. I was like, yeah, go on Toby. Um, so yeah, interesting that like, you know, for two people with similar tastes, you just sort of found it quite pointless and I found it really sort of enjoyable. So I think that's a, it's interesting difference of opinion there. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was an endearing story, don't get me wrong. That's always nice when someone achieves their goals and it's nice that he got to become a Jedi, which is what he wanted. Um, but I just think, I don't think he paid enough for his selfish action of going into the basement. He was told, don't go into the basement. And he went in the basement and his master died. I don't think that really, I don't think he, he felt sad enough about that, to be honest. Well, Yoda told Luke not to go to Cloud City, but he did it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, fair enough. <laughs> I've already seen on, um, I literally have finished visions and went on Twitter on the Life from Vader's Castle Twitter, not my personal one, where I sort of I follow a lot of sort of a lot more Star Wars pages and stuff. And I'd already seen someone's made a Twitter account in character as TOB1. <laughs> <laughs> but like all the tweets are like in character as TOB1. And I just thought it was so funny that he's already got that sort of. And all the the responses to the tweets were all like, you know, TOB1 versus Anakin Skywalker, who wins? TOB1, TOB1 versus Darth Vader, who wins? <laughs> it, was, it was an episode that I really liked. Um, whilst we're sort of along those lines, what's your, what was your opinion of T- uh, Tatooine Rhapsody? Because this is definitely one that I'd say split fans. For me, it's actually my third favourite episode of the entire show. I adored Tatooine Rhapsody I thought it was super fun super funny really sort of heartwarming I loved the musical vibes in it I loved seeing you know Boba Fett in a different style I thought the story was so short sweet and punchy it was an episode that I loved but then I've seen some people who said it's the worst episode it's completely irrelevant it did nothing for the story it was a waste of time where do you sit on on the old Tatooine Rhapsody uh I actually really liked this episode because I think I think because it was like quite short and sweet, and it was literally just it just told the story it was going to tell, and obviously it was great seeing Boba Fett in it as well. But yeah, I, I thought it was great, and I, the songs at the end, I was I was sitting there thinking like, am I enjoying this song? Like, is this actually the music I'd like to listen to? And then by the end of the two songs, I was like, these are actually quite a bop. And even Bob is bopping his head to it. He's loving it. Yeah, Bob was jamming along. Um, Gabba yeah, was I as just, well. Was like... Yeah, I actually, I actually quite enjoyed these two episodes. This episode, to be fair, yeah. I didn't think I was going yeah. to. About halfway in, I was like, oh, what, "What's going on here?" And then the big climax at the end got me, and I was like, "That was cool. I like yeah. that." Yeah, I, I, re- I was surprised at how much I liked it because. You know, I watched obviously it was the second one in and it could not have been more different from the duel in terms of animation style, story style, everything. 
you know, that was a big sort of basically an extended action scene. And then Tatooine Rhapsody was like a very brief action. Mostly it was, it was a rock opera. That's what the description of the, the episode was, you know, I just, I loved it. I thought the whole idea that he was like a Jedi who had survived Order 66 and then to survive, he joined a band. I think that's just such a stupid and brilliant idea. And the fact that the band member was a hut who was cousins to Jabba and, you know, decided he didn't want to be a gangster. He wanted to be in a band. And the the weird alien with like three bodies stuck onto one body. was. I just, I just really liked it. And yeah, that climax at the end where... It's the, it's that really cheesy, like sort of rock opera musical sort of climax where they win through song. <laughs> I just thought I'd never seen anything like that in Star Wars. Never thought I would ever see something like that in Star Wars. And now I've seen it. I want a hundred more episodes of it. I want an entire Disney Plus series in canon with Snice Snootles and the, the Max Rebo band. <laughs> solving problems through the power of song (laughs) (laughs) yeah no it was cool I'm glad that halfway through the episode obviously went to try and use his lightsaber or fix his lightsaber and it didn't work and I'm quite glad that that's actually the route they went down and you know his lightsaber didn't work and then as you say they went with the classic rock opera finish of finale of winning through song so I'm actually I'm glad that's the route they went down because it actually was quite a fun ending yeah yeah, no, it was, it was an episode that I, I, I really enjoyed. I think we'll, we'll I may as well, we're probably at the point now where we'll just sort of discuss what were our favourites. I mean, for me, I know what my top three are. Tatooine Rhapsody was, was my third favourite. And then my second favourite, well, I can't really decide between one and two, but my one and two is The Ninth Jedi and The Elder. Uh, the Ninth Jedi was the fifth episode about the girl who has to deliver the lightsabers from the Sabersmith to this sort of, council meeting of jedi um sort of when there's no jedi left in the galaxy and then the elder was the seventh episode which is a story of the master and apprentice who come across this sith elder um i thought both these episodes episodes were phenomenal i thought this was like the absolute highlight of where sort of japanese storytelling anime mixes with star wars and makes something sort of truly spectacular um, I feel like we should just sort of like break down these episodes. I feel like there's definitely some of these episodes I imagine we might come back to in future podcasts to sort of break down in more detail. Cause it's certainly ninth Jedi. I think there's a lot to talk about, but what were your sort of overall opinions on the ninth Jedi, the elder, were they in your top two, three, or are they somewhere else in your, in your list? Uh, I think to be honest, I think the elder is probably my favorite episode out of the nine. Um, I really loved the episode. I think that was so good. Uh, and then the Knife Jedi, I, I'm, I completely agree with you. I think that episode has actually got so much that you could actually talk about in a few, and we could talk about in a future podcast. Like there's so many little things and points in it that you could discuss and talk about for like ages. Um, so I think that episode was really good. That's probably like top, I think, Knife Jedi 3, uh, The Duel 2, and an elder, elder in at number one, I think. Yeah, Jules, another great episode. That's probably my fourth. Um, or maybe TOB one. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I, I think the elder was, was incredible. And I think I'm sort of maybe in the minority of fans who I like my lightsaber fights quite slow, fluid, with like every hit 
represent something instead of sort of like, I mean, I love the ultra fast lightsaber fights, don't get me wrong. And like the really over choreographed stuff. I do think it's awesome. And, you know, Duel of the Fates is incredible. Like Obi-Wan versus Anakin is incredible. Yeah, I, I like those fights. But for me, I always talk about how I absolutely adore Maul versus Kenobi in the Twin Sons Rebels episode, just because that's such a sort of shot by shot, blow by blow sort of fight means so much. And I just thought the Elder... Like particularly the 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 fight between the master and the elder, just there was there was only like a few actual motions in it, and then obviously there was sort of the iconic sort of shot where he sort of got him through the chest, sort of the the, the attack. But I just it was such a perfect fight in the sense that every attack meant something. Like you saw the it was like a samurai fight translated into Star Wars. I just thought it was so cool. Um, and I just thought the episode said so much with so little time and there were like lessons, actual sort of like Jedi lessons learned by the Padawan in this about, you know, kindness and that sort of thing. And yeah, I just, I thought it was a, a really, really good episode. Yeah, same. And after the, like throughout the whole episode, as you said about lessons and stuff, it was just reminded me of like the, the relationship between the two very much reminded me of like, uh, obviously the master reminded me, as I'm sure you, of um, Qui-Gon Jinn. Like, huge uh Jin like feels for that uh and then just reminded me of just a lot of the lessons you know reading like the high republic uh and obviously the lessons you get from like, Obi-Wan and Anakin and stuff like that or like just the usual master and apprentice sort of relationship and I think they pulled that off really well while giving it a bit of a twist um yeah the fight the fight at the end was so good like yeah as you said like every blow was purposeful and yeah it did remind it definitely flowed like a like a you know classic samurai fight <clears throat> um yeah i just think it was really good that obviously that final move at the end and the, uh, the killing blow from the master there on the sith i think was so so clever um and so i don't think we've ever seen a move like that in stars before i'm just trying to wrap my head yeah no you know, i like purposely have, yeah purposely turning off your lightsaber to gain the upper hand i think is uh, so it's such a bold move and with such confidence and it worked out so well and I, I think, think that yeah the closest we've ever had was Last Jedi when Rey sort of turns a lightsaber off and drops it but you know that's it's not the same thing it's uh this is a very sort of like much more pur- purposeful way of doing it not taken away from that but it's a very different use of it and it was awesome yeah I think it was the, the pause as well because he obviously deactivates the lightsaber puts it against the chest of the Sith and there's like a pause for like a well, I'm assuming it must be only be a second, but it felt like it felt a lot longer when I was watching it, which didn't just shows the impact pause, of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah and then he, as he ignites it, it's just so, like, honestly, that time slowed as when it was paused. <laughs> and then as soon as it was ignited again, it was like, right, we're back. Yeah, that was so a moment good. when I was like, damn, and my jaw sort of dropped. I was like, that, mm. that for me is what like lightsaber fights should be. Um, and it was so weird that like it's taken. And this is no criticism against any lightsaber fight in Star Wars history. As I said, I love them all. But that was one of those moments. I was like, damn, I want all my all the lightsaber fights from now on in Star Wars to look like this. And then the duel was another great example of like really awesome lighting uh, lightsaber fights where it was like almost like a dance. Like a you know how Sam Whitworth described sort of the the Maul Kenobi as a game of chess. And sort of you felt that with these sort of lightsaber fights where it was just oh yeah, it was awesome. It was really, really cool. Yeah, and I think I think I must have said it when we were talking about the Visions trailer 
in a previous episode a couple of weeks ago. But like the move in the duel where this uh, Sif woman goes to like strike strike down and the the, the other Sith, I don't we'll get into that later, I'm sure. Like catches the lightsaber like you know, it's a classic move with the swords where you catch it in between your two palms, but he's using the force. And I yeah. was like, why oh, have we so never cool. seen this before so in cool. like Star Wars? Because it's like, it's it's such a, it seems so obvious. Obviously, it's such a classic move people use to like show how badass you are in like a sword yeah. fight. And then within a <laughs> twist with Star Wars, it's like, yeah. why have we never seen this? So cool. It's funny because um, today at work, um, I was playing a, a Nintendo Switch game with um, someone at work. And there's a game where you sort of like use the sort of the Joy Cons on the Switch, and like one of you's swinging down the samurai sword, and the other one's got a time catching the blade. And mm. I, I was playing it today, and I was like, "Oh shit! I feel like that 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 Sif from the from the Jewel episode, I, except I'm using the Force." Um, but yeah, it's like such yeah. an iconic thing that you like see, and we've never seen in Star Wars. I just thought, yeah, that was that was cool. And I mean, we can sort of move on to talking about the jewel a little bit. I thought that was a really interesting episode, and I think I do need to rewatch the jewel because it was the first one I watched. I watched it quite early in the morning, and I'm not sure I was 100 percent awake. And I think I I need to a watch it again, and b definitely watch it again in Japanese to really take it in. But animation style was really incredible, really unique. But there were a lot of moments in the episode I really liked, like the the, the astromech with a straw hat firing all the rockets. Like that was awesome. But I think my favourite moment was how the Ronin won the fight with sort of the trick lightsaber, and then sort of like the Sith going for it, and then that sort of like shot from behind of like the lightsaber stabbing through her chest, and you initially not seeing him there. It's like her body like blocked him out and then sort of her drop in and then revealing like the Ronin having stabbed her. I just thought that was so cool. And that was such a like a smart way to win a lightsaber fight instead of like the classic sort of like keep whacking until one gets tired or keep whacking until one of them makes a mistake. Like this was very much like the setting a trap inside of a lightsaber fight. And I thought that was so cool. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, It was such a... It was such a cool shot, especially as you said, like because uh, the body of the Sith was like blocking out the Ronin. I think it it really uh, it added some dramatic impact onto that. I think yeah, it was that was really cool. I think it's just I think it was such a strong start for like visions as well, being like a big Japanese. Obviously, it's a Japanese anime as we've said many times. <clears throat> um, but then obviously, I think the Ronin is like another trope from Japanese culture and stuff that I think gets carried over a lot into like American um, pop culture you know there's mm, yeah. there's loads of like uh, references as of you know films uh, I mean, American films yeah Star Wars has ripped off Seven Samurai twice once in the Clone Wars <laughs> and once in the Mandalorian and then this sort of felt quite similar to Seven Samurai so yeah completely right yeah so it was, it was a really strong start I think for Visions I think it's set while each episode afterwards, I think, was very different, but it really did set the tone of the series to be like, this is, you know, this is, we're, we're shifting cultures for this um, for this season, and this is a big, big one to start on, off with, I think. And yeah. it was just, oh, it was just so cool. I mean, the umbrella lightsaber thing as well. I mean, I know people joke <laughs> yeah, about no, it in the, so in the trailer cool. drop, but it's just like, <laughs> that's actually just like, epic <laughs> yeah badass yeah and that was so cool and like i loved it sort of the ronin's lightsaber was like almost like permanently on but sheathed 
So it was like instead of him sort of pulling the the hilt out and then igniting it, it was just like as it came out the I don't know what that word is, the the really you know, the whatever. As it came out the thing, it was like already yeah. there you go, yeah. I just thought that was so cool. And it's like again, one of those things like why have we never seen that before in Star Wars? That just makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah, oh imagine that. Or like Oh, they could have done that with a dark saber, couldn't they? Like they could have put it in like a like a Beskar scarab, Ooh. Ooh, and then you cool. could have just like drawn it out instead of having Jeez. to turn it on. Oh, missed a trick there. What are they playing at? I'm so excited for like the future when like because obviously in canon at the moment they're taking a lot of stuff from legends and like, incorporating it into canon. So like Thrawn was like the first big thing, and then like the dark troopers and. Lots of other stuff has been taken from legends and brought into canon. I'm looking forward to the future where like canon stuff starts to take stuff from visions so like when they think oh yeah that sort of ronin sort of sith who ex-sith who goes about hunting sith and collecting their kyber crystals that's such a cool idea we should totally bring that into canon in some sort of way like i don't know how they do it but i just i i look forward to where visions is influencing actual canon further down the line yeah that'd be cool i mean the thing with these episodes as well, obviously they were only short, but I feel like, you know, given proper time and funding and stuff, you could tell some absolutely fantastic, like, seasons of Star Wars just off, like, having these episodes, these nine episodes been like the, the, um, the pilot, maybe for, like, a season or something. Because yeah. some of them, had, you could tell, just had, like, so much more to well, give. Yeah, the jewel is the one that we get in the book about, the, the Ronin novel, which is coming out next month. That's... Uh, sort of telling a much longer story about the, the Ronin character from the Jewel. So I'm very excited for that. I think that's there's definitely a lot of story to be told there. So I'm excited about that one. Um, I mean, the Ninth Jedi could literally be an entire sort of 10 series story of like that, that sort of really far distant future when like the Jedi are all but forgotten. Lightsabers don't even exist anymore. And then just like, you know, there's this moment in time where they come back and there's this one character who's trying to bring the Jedi back, but then there's these Sith trying to infiltrate. I mean, that could literally be so many seasons of of TV. I think that was so awesome. Like that plot twist. Like I, I genuinely like reflect on things. I'm like, how did I not see that twist coming? But I genuinely didn't. I was just like, oh, six. It's like she's the ninth Jedi, and there's like we can see seven right here. Like, oh, I wonder which one's the eighth one. Um. I, 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 I thought it was something to do with the robot. I was like, right, okay, so I'm counting. And then there was like the twist when all of them were like ignited their red lightsabers. And there was the whole thing about the lightsaber will choose the color based on the user. And then they ignited them and they were red. And I was like, shit, that was the coolest. I was like, lost my mind. I was like, that was so cool. And I just thought, and the fact that her lightsaber like started off like a really weak color because she wasn't ready. And then by the end, it like fully become a colour oh there was just so much stuff going on that episode that was so so sick mm. like I remember like halfway through the episode I really had this point in my head I was like it was it was going to be a critique of the episode to be honest like to talk about today and I was like oh these, these guys don't really understand like Jedi and stuff these they seem like they're, they're they've um, written these characters to be so obsessed with like getting like weapons and stuff like I don't feel like a, like a Jedi would be like that obsessed about getting a lightsaber back like it's not this i think it's not the be all and end all and obviously once you find out they're sith you're kind of like oh 
that makes slightly more sense as to why they were so like yeah. focus driven on getting yeah. like a weapon. And then the only one who wasn't a Sith, he was sort of like the timid one as well, which like made perfect sense because it would it would be like the sort of the, the the one who doesn't crave power would be the Jedi. And like the fact that like the robot, who obviously wasn't a robot, he was the guy who was like testing them all to figure out who the Sith among them were. Like, oh, that was so cool. Almost, almost felt like a game of Among Us, but with, with Jedi and Sith. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's good yeah. No, it was so cool. And like, I genuinely could picture that as like, you know, 3,000 years after the uh, the Rise of Skywalker. Like that is, could be what like the far future of like the canon universe could be. And I, I hope if they decide to tell a story in canon, like ridiculously far away in the future, I hope they take influence from that episode of Visions because I just thought that was so creative and so intelligent. Because I'd heard a lot about the Knife Jedi already. Like um, Star Wars explained, he got an advanced screener. He did his review. He said the Knife Jedi is the best episode, his favourite episode. Like it really blew his mind. And then I'd seen other people talking about it. I was like, oh, okay, I'm excited to see this episode. And I was like halfway through, I was like, okay, I'm liking this, good setup. But w- what's the thing that's got everyone talking? And then the whole sort of like third act happened. I was like, geez, yeah, okay, I get it. <laughs> no, I mean, it's very good. Um, I get it, yeah. I, it, it was, I think the the pacing on it, and the plot on that episode actually was so was one of the best out of the entire nine episodes. I think it it really built itself up well and then delivered well at the end, as um, which I think some of them kind of were, were a bit iffy with, you know, with the build up and then the delivery at the end. I think some of them kind yeah. of missed the mark on it, but I think, yeah, the one, the ninth, um, the ninth Jedi was, was fantastic to be honest. I think it was paced very well and I really enjoyed that episode. Yeah. So yeah, that's definitely one that could have like a whole series. I'd watch a whole series or a whole film with the elder, sort of that master and apprentice combo sort of mm-hmm. dealing with wandering Sith. And then, you know, don't care what people say, I'd watch an entire season of Tatooine Rhapsody of that band going from from scummy, scummy, hive villainy rock concerts one to other and like dealing with bounty hunters. <laughs> um, I guess the only episode we didn't mention in our discussion was uh, Lopinocho, which was the, the, the bunny rabbit Jedi. Um, that for me was a fairly middle of the bracket episode um i didn't think it was bad i I thought it was a pretty good story but i didn't connect with it massively it is one that i want to watch again just to sort of try and understand it a bit better but i did like the premise quite a lot and i sort of particularly liked the connection this sort of family had to the jedi i thought that was really cool and how like the there was that like family crest which was like it was almost like a it was like a crane like holding a leaf or something and that was like in the shape of like the jedi order symbol i just thought that was quite cool i don't know what you what you thought of that episode um yeah i thought it was a good episode i mean it wasn't one that i particularly uh gravitated to like feelings wise or anything but i think it was a good episode the animation i think was was very nice and um this i like the the storyline i thought was quite interesting uh as you say, the, the family connection with the Jedi, I thought was was nice, and it was it was refreshing to see that it's not just like it wasn't just another like these you're a Jedi from like a long line of Jedi, as we've seen so many times in Star Wars. I think that was nice. It was like no, we're just like a family who 
have been, you know, gifted this weapon from a Jedi in the in the in the past. I mean, obviously, then it turned out that the the bunny rabbit was force sensitive, um, but that's point. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it was it was cool, and it, I felt that was definitely an episode where like the studio was hoping that they'd get to do a sequel to it because I feel like that ending was definitely a, like a big cliffhanger. I think a lot of the episodes sort of had semi cliffhangers, but that was definitely one was sort of the the sister getting away harmed but not dead and her sort of standing there sort of become a bit of a Jedi. I feel like that's definitely set up for a part two, which I imagine they may get next year. Um, but I'd be interested to see where it goes. Yeah, me too. I mean, I feel like, you know, I think Disney are probably going to wait and see how, see how successful this, this story is, but I'd be interested to see if they do like season two, maybe with like half, like if they do nine more episodes, they could do like four episodes new and then maybe they could pick five from this season to like do a, a part two of or something like that yeah i think that'd be quite yeah. interesting definitely yeah i think i mean to be honest i think the the fan reaction has been quite positive i haven't seen a huge amount of like toxicity surrounding it i think there's definitely like some episodes that people really didn't like some episodes that people did like but i think there's so much variety in the series that I think even people who only liked one or two episodes still came away saying, yeah, that was a pretty cool concept for a show. So I can imagine like Disney and Lucasfilm probably going to weigh this up, think, you know, like the response with the fans is fairly good, probably didn't cost us a huge amount of money. It's probably boosted our subscribers for the month enough to justify making a second season. So it wouldn't surprise me if they, if they did more next year or maybe yeah, a couple years so. time, don't know. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I think as as we were saying, the more n- new and unique and refreshing stuff in Star Wars, the better. And even if every episode isn't for you, you know, at least being able to come away and say, "Oh, there were three or three or four episodes there that like really connected with me, and they were really cool." I think enough people having that sort of reaction, I think it's always going to be a positive. Mm. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, I think is there's enough variety in these episodes that. You know, I think even if you, you the might be like one episode you really like, but I think you know that's all it takes. I think sometimes it's to just one episode to get you into it, and then you might sit and watch the rest just to see what they like. Um, so hopefully Disney continue with you know adding some variety into Star Wars with stories like this, and I look forward to see what they do in the future. Yeah, definitely, and I hope this Ronin book, which is coming out, I almost hope it isn't the only one sort of the only visions tie-in book or like i'd love if they did some tie-in like mangas sort of alongside it as well i think that'd be quite cool because i think there's definitely some characters and concepts which you know if they're not going to get explored in the future there's definitely some tie-in stuff so i'm looking forward to this book i've I've ordered a a really nice special edition copy which looks beautiful um but it'd be interesting if they did some like comics or manga or like another book sort of to tie into visions and as always, I would like some Visions Funko Pops and a Visions Lego set, please. <laughs> I want my I want, wishful thinking. I want my Toby Funko. <laughs> <laughs> and I want I want my Tatooine Rhapsody band performance, um, like the the stage that they're performing on with Jabba opposite as a Lego set, um. I hope you're all listening, merchandising people at Luke's film. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be cool. I mean, I think it is wishful thinking, but they, yeah. they could do some unique things with that, I think. Yeah. Uh, a, a, a vinyl for the band, I think would be quite cool. 
Oh, yeah, that would be cool, actually. Could you imagine that, having that on the wall in one of those, like, cool vinyl cases? Jeez. <laughs> Come on. I genuinely, I genuinely think me and you deserve, like, a merchandising job at Lucasfilm. We'd make them so much money. Yeah, we, we, we know we know bank. what the nerds want. <laughs> <laughs> we're bringing the bank. Right? So I feel like that's probably the end of our discussion today about visions. I think there's probably a lot more that we could talk about, but we sort of wanted to give like an overall, do a podcast episode where we just sort of gave our overall thoughts on the whole show, what episodes sort of we loved, we didn't like so much and sort of what we're hoping for maybe in the future. So I feel like we've done that. Um, probably some point down the line, maybe when we're, when we're feeling it, we might sort of pick an episode or two, sort of do like a one-off sort of podcast, really diving deep into, as you said, like the Ninth Jedi, the Elder, the Duel, they could all be episodes that we could really dive in deep on a, on an episode of the podcast about in the future. But just because Visions just came out two days ago, we wanted to get this podcast out to you with our initial thoughts, our review of the, of the season. And um, we'd love to hear your thoughts as well people loved visions hated visions liked one episode thought the rest were trash liked eight episodes thought one was trash whatever your opinions are do do share it with us because it'd be a be nice to nice to see how everyone's thinking about this show yeah nice to get but nice to get everyone's opinions and just just compare i think it's where you know we've just obviously just mentioned the ones we liked and the ones we didn't like it'd be nice to get everyone else's opinion see where different different people found different stories resonating and where they didn't know uh, it'd be quite interesting to hear people's mm. opinions yeah if you're on team toby let me know up for team toby <laughs> right so um that'll wrap this episode up if you've enjoyed and you want more um make sure that you follow us on apple spotify amazon wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss one you can get them pre-downloaded we've got new episodes out every weekend um subscribe to us on youtube we are slowly getting all of our old episodes uploaded onto there as well and you know maybe down the line we might have some other non-podcast stuff on youtube say if obi-wan kenobi trailers come out hint hint um follow us on instagram at live from vader's castle on twitter at vader's castle pods on tiktok at live from vader's castle and yeah I think that's all the, I, I, every week I'm like, try and remember all of them, try and get it really fluid and good. But you know, you, you, you struggle to, to remember all these different apps. Too many social media accounts, but that's been episode 25, big 25. Yeah. Happy John. Are you, are you proud of our 25th episode? <laughs> yeah. We're getting there. It's good. Getting there. Getting getting there. Ugh, when we, when, whenever we hit a hundred, that'll be a big celebration. We might have to do the hundredth episode live with an audience. <laughs> live, <laughs> live, studio audience, audience. live studio audience for episode one hundred. You've heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. All right. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys, and see you next week.